welcome, 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 girls and boys, geeks and nerds, to a brand new episode of Geek to Me Radio. Tonight, we have two guests, Mikkel McIntosh, talking about the Videro Wine Bar, some holiday cocktails for Valentine's Day. After that, we'll be talking with actor Nina Bergman about a new movie, Cold Meat, that she's got out. A little suspense, a little horror, a little cocktails for your Valentine's week. All that and more, stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. And if you don't know, Star Trek and Star Wars will try to explain. There are And if you're driving around the greater St. Louis area tonight, listening to us on the big 550 KTRS, hello to all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in. No video tonight. Uh, Joey V is off at a Super Bowl party. So no video. It's just us here in the studio. I'm meaning me and you, of course, the listener. And tonight we've got a couple guests lined up. I'm still waiting to hear back from my first guest. I've called, I've left a voicemail, and I have texted, but no response yet. Uh, but we've got plenty to get to. This is amazing that we're coming up already on my 400th show, which is hard to believe. I've been doing this since August of 2016 when we first launched geek me Radio on a different radio station. Uh, there was a little bit there when we were strictly online as we transitioned from the other radio station before KTRS brought us over here where we now live. And uh, it's it's been an interesting journey. I keep thinking about all the people I got to talk to. The next two shows coming up here in the next two weeks are going to be incredible. I've got an interview with director Joe Dante, who did Gremlins, who did Piranha, who did uh, The Burbs with Tom Hanks. Uh, just an amazing guy, so knowledgeable about film. So that's going to be an interview I'll be excited to share with you next week. After that... Uh, I've, I'll be going to two different cons the same weekend. I'll be doing Planet Comic Con, which is coming up here in March. So I'll be there Friday, March the 8th. I come right back. I catch a plane and fly out to Burbank for Transformers Con, which is in L.A. This year is the 40th anniversary of the original Transformers, which started obviously in 1984. Uh, a cartoon, which was one of the cartoons that I remember the most growing up. I had the toys, uh, the comic books from Marvel Comics. Because back in the 80s, I'm sure a lot of you know, you got the the one, two, three, the trifecta. You got the toy, the cartoon tie-in, and the comic book, usually from either Marvel or DC. Happened with He-Man, happened with Transformers. It happened with G.I. Joe, and that was the attack that they used. And it worked because I, I was hooked. So it's hard to believe this is the 40th anniversary of Transformers. So this convention is going to have the likes of Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, Frank Welker, the voice of Megatron, and then a lot of other voices you've heard on this radio station already. Paul Eiding, the voice of Perceptor, Greg Berger, the voice of Grimlock. Both of those two gentlemen will join us in two weeks 
as we discuss Transformers, the 40th anniversary, its impact on pop culture, and of course, we'll be promoting the convention more. But they they're going to have Dan Gilvezan will be there, the voice of Prowl. They've got Michael Bell who is there. I'm sorry, Michael Bell is the voice of Prowl. Dan Gilvezan, the voice of Bumblebee. Uh, they've got John Mashita Jr. also been on the show before, the voice of Blur, and a bunch of of the writers, of the artists, and some of the people who wrote episodes like Frank Dill, who wrote, uh, wrote episodes of the TV show, promises to be an amazing convention. I'm so excited to go to that one. So uh, that weekend will be the 401st show. I don't want to spoil the 400th show because I've got something very excited. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited, but I should say for our 400th episode that will be airing that first Sunday in March. And I've got a big announcement coming. We've been kind of lightly teasing this for the past several weeks for the 400th show. I'm very excited about this. We're going to have some special guests both online and in studio with us. And we'll give that big announcement about what we have planned going forward for geek to me Radio. It's going to be a really incredible show. So hopefully that's exciting to you because I'm excited to bring these shows to you. And it's been just so much fun these past eight years. What is that? Is that correct? My math is awful. I went to public school uh, since 2016 that I've been doing Geek to Me Radio. And we're coming up on 400th episode. So a big shout out to the, the Big 550 KTRS for having me on the air with them and for allowing me to continue to do this show. And even though he's not here, a big shout out to Joey V because I would not be doing the show as long as I have without him. Uh, obviously, he was with me at the other radio station. And when that folded, someone came in and bought that other radio station, got rid of all the employees, got rid of all the programming, changed the format, and Joey said, you know what, you got to keep going. He got me a uh, a rig so I can do recordings at home, and that was the period during which we just did online stuff. We only did it online and released it as a podcast, uh, so I was very excited when KTRS did bring me back in uh, March of, what would that be, 2021, I believe, and we started broadcasting here on KTRS. Very exciting. Uh that said, let me tell you really quick while we're paused here about our premier sponsor, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Hopefully you came out this weekend because they had their very first inaugural Once Upon a Valentine's Day Festival. This is a Valentine's Day for the loved and the loveless. It's a special event they did Friday, for this coming Saturday. This coming. We just did it this Saturday and Sunday from noon till 3. We had a lot of people come out, and a lot of people were very excited because, obviously, if you're familiar with their Christmas festival out there in St. Charles and the Halloween festival, brand new festival. They they launched it uh, just this one weekend only, but you could get uh, dating advice from Casanova and the Femme Fatale. They had Cupid out there. You could do archery practice with Cupid. We had the wives of King Henry, who were obviously not that enthralled with love, um, but it was a great time. We had our Valentine's Day massacre gangsters out there, and it was uh, Romeo and Juliet. You could do a custom sonnet from Romeo and Juliet. So it's in that same vein that you're accustomed to with their Halloween and their Christmas festivals. So huge success. We'll see it again, obviously, next Valentine's Day season when Once Upon a Valentine's Day comes back for the 2025 season. So there's always something like that going on down in St. Charles, though. It's a fantastic area. The cobblestone streets, the small businesses, the restaurants, the shops, and it's really unlike anything else that's in this area. So we're so lucky to have this right here in our backyard. So maybe you're listening to this right now. Maybe you've not been to old St. Charles for a while. What are you waiting on? 
Take a trip. Head over there. Make a lunch date. Go have lunch this weekend along. Have Burger Underground or maybe uh, Q's or some of the other places out there. Salt and Smoke. A lot of great places to eat. And, of course, if you've got a birthday coming up, you know Valentine's Day is coming up. Stop in there, Sugar and Slice, the bakery there, for some Valentine macarons or uh, some goodies like that to satisfy that sweet tooth that your loved one might have. All these shops and businesses, these are all, you know, locally owned, small shops, small businesses. In this economy, it's important to support those types of establishments. Uh, if you're not in the greater St. Louis, St. Charles area, and you're looking for someplace new to check off on your 2024 bucket list, check out the website, discoverstcharles.com. See what there is for you to do. Maybe you should come out and hang out with all us here. Discover the best kept secret uh, that we all know about already, all the shops and businesses along there in St. Charles. Again, you can plan your trip now, whether you're near or far, wherever you are, to quote Celine Dion. It's discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. As we always say, it's an historically good time. Uh, I don't think we're going to get Mikkel McIntosh. I think she has forgotten about me. I'm I'm devastated because I wanted to talk about the Videra Wine Bar and we had a chance to go visit that place, and it was fantastic. So I was hoping to have her on, talk about some of the special they've got going on, and talk about some holiday-themed cocktails. But it appears that will have to wait. We're going to take a brief commercial break. We're going to come right back in just a moment, and we'll see what we're going to do until we get Nina Bergman on. She's supposed to be on at half past the hour. You're listening to geek to me Radio on the Big 550 KTRS. Please stand by. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio. We are back. Geek to Me Radio every Sunday night. The Big 550 KTRS. I'm your host, James Enstall. Right now, we're going to go to the phone lines. We have standing by actor, singer, songwriter, model Nina Bergman. She's got a brand new film coming out as of February 23rd. You can catch her in Cold Meat opposite Alan Leach, who played the great Tom Branson, one of my favorite characters on Downton Abbey. Nina, I appreciate your time today. Hi, how are you doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for being on air on Super Bowl Sunday. Are you a big football fan? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're not alone. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm doing a radio show. I'm not watch- I don't even have it on in the studio, so... Uh... But you know, <laughs> I know, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not. I can't lie. Uh, which brings me to. I mean, that's mean, James. You just put me after John Cleese. That is. That's not nice. <laughs> well, it was like I said. My my first guest had to cancel last minute, so I needed some filler. But hey, I mean, now now you're on with me. Uh, you mean John Cleese? That's great. <laughs> I know. I know. Huge fan. That I'm, I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah, that I'll watch all day long. Him. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, yeah, not so much football. It's more because I grew up in Europe, and you know, I just don't, I just don't know it. I got you. Know? you. Yeah, and I grew yeah. up here in America, and I'm still just, you know, it's fine to each their own. I, I nothing <laughs> against people who love sports, but I'm. As you can tell by the name of the radio station, I'm more of a geek. I don't do sports as yes, much. Yes, <laughs> my my type of people. Yeah. Right. So this, yes. I, I had a chance to watch this movie, Nina, and I've got to tell oh, you, nice. man, what a nail biter. This is, it's so intense. Um, there's a couple twists that I didn't see coming. Talk a little Ooh. bit, if you would, because I'm always fascinated. Auditioning for the part where you offered it, how did you get cast as Anna? 
Um, I they made a straight offer. They saw um, Hell Hath No Fury, mm-hmm. and the director had a very specific thing that he was looking for, so it was a straight offer. And uh, Ellen Leach was already attached, which was the big kind of you know I needed to know who the guy was. I think that was a deal breaker for me, who they had cast as my partner. And then when I found out it was Ellen, I was like, okay, okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I read the script and, and, you know, it feels, I mean, when I read it, it felt like a play. So, and that's the world that I come from. So I was like, I'm in, I have to do this. Yeah. Yes. I, I can't blame you. Cause like I said, I was, I was watching it and it's just, I feel like those, I don't want to spoil it, but I do want to talk a little bit about, it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find the white race so I don't ruin the movie for people who want to see it. Yeah. And you should, if you're listening right now, Put it down, jot it down. Cold meat, uh, as we said, it's out on February twenty third. It's it's a little bit of supernatural. It's man versus man. It's man versus nature. It's really mm-hmm. got it all. This must have been as a performer. You started on the stage. You've done a lot of uh, film and TV. It must have been mm-hmm. just a gift as an actor. It was a dream come true. I mean, a dream come true. And and again, you know, we got to work uh, with my co star that you know is such a pro and he was you know a, a dream to work with and then the director um gave us kind of free range uh to do what we wanted to do and in the beginning he had a clear vision he the director had the project for 10 years you know he wrote it he directed it special effects so, you know he was very hands-on color correcting you know all that so he was very hands-on, but after he kind of learned that Ellen and I had a clear vision of what we what we wanted, he just kind of let us go and let us do our thing. So yeah, it was a fun one, hard one, but fun. It, I was I I feel cold just watching this movie. I was shivering <laughs> cool. half the time. It was this was this all? I'm assuming like the interior and the car scenes. Hopefully that was shot on a soundstage, and you guys weren't out in the frigid cold for that part of it. It was exactly what you thought it was. Um, a lot of it was on the soundstage because they had to like take the car apart and and to get those kind of intricate shots. And then the other half of the movie was shot on location, um, you know, freezing our butts off. So Yikes. yeah, so a, a lot of it is like real shiver, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> real teeth clacking. Uh, my, yeah. my goodness, I mean, I, I almost think you know when they do you talk about if you had to choose your way to die, I guess freezing to death would be my preference because I don't like being hot and sweaty. But it, just it's one of those movies, like like I said, the, the two of your performances, the way you work and play off each other, but then also. Like I said, you guys just, I could feel how cold you were. Was this, for the exterior parts, was this shot in Colorado, or where was it shot at? We were we were shooting in Colorado um, and in Prince George in a small town, and we were up in the mountains, um, you know, deep in some forest somewhere, <laughs> shooting it. Uh, yeah, no, we were, we were there. Uh, we were staying at a tiny little hotel with nothing around. You know, it was just uh, the hotel room and the set and location. That was it, shooting that thing. My goodness. And was yeah. any of the – because the, the blizzard, I mean, this was obviously what you needed. Was that the weather conditions? And you guys were just like, yes, the weather is perfect. Let's go out and play in the snow. Was any of the snow – did any of it – was it special effects, CGI, anything special like that? Special effects, yeah. The, the director um, is – you know, he comes from a background of special effects. He's done like incredible. He has an incredible body of work. So 
you can't really tell because he's so good. But, um, I mean, there was no wind. There wow. was none of that. So, yeah, I mean, none of that. I mean, it was freezing, freezing cold. But, you know, all of that, the sound effects and all of that, that's him. That's uh, That wasn't there. My goodness. Yeah, I know. I know he did uh, the the director that we're talking about, Sebastian. He did uh, some of the digital art work on X-Men First Class for crying out loud. I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff. It's amazing. Some of the some of the work he's done on visual effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that really, I mean, paid off in in this case because we didn't have the wind. um, So and we didn't have all of that wonderful snow. You know, that's uh, he added that after. But uh, it didn't take away from how cold it was. I mean. I play a waitress in a diner and I was supposed to wear like, you know, stockings, my little waitress outfit. And I couldn't wear it because it was so freezing cold. My my stockings would freeze into my legs. So we had to like change the wardrobe. And (laughs) yeah, it was, it was a, it was was a real thing, but you know, someone like me who's all method all the way, it helped. Helped a lot. And some of the other work you've done too. I mean, you've done, (laughs) <laughs> not just some of your your on camera but then you've done voices too and things like that mm-hmm. do you do you enjoy because a lot of actors they do the voice roles but they're not as enchanted with them do you find uh some of the voice work you've done do you do you enjoy it um well you know i sing and then you know with call of duty and all of that mm-hmm. i'm actually the physical part of it they didn't want my american with slight danish in it Oh, okay. They didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want that. So um, I've done voiceovers before for specifics, but it's not, um, it's, it's, you know, I'm a physical actor. Gotcha. I, 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 yeah, so like I like the singing part and writing the songs part, but, but uh, the voice, just voiceover, it's not, I mean, I, I like doing it, but it's not my favorite. So the video game was motion capture then for that part. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw. The, I just saw the video game, and we have so many voice actors on. I just assume that's on me. I'm sorry. No, it's it's all good. I've done others uh, where I've done the voice, but not for that one. I, I can't take credit. Um, you know, for me to become American, it takes a minute. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> you know, and, you guys are tough. And you yeah. did mention singing and songwriting. I mean, you you mm-hmm. you came into this you, like i said you've done just about everything you've done stage work you were an amateur boxer for a while mm-hmm. uh with the mm-hmm. singing and songwriting what what made you fall in love with that particular aspect of performance um well for me it's just performing any any art form you know i'm just a performer uh, whether it's singing or acting or it all comes from the same place and I, i've been singing since i was very young you know i have a gypsy grandmother that i sang with and i've i've always kind of sang and it was um i think one of i felt freer sometimes doing my music because i wrote it and i was the boss and no one could tell me to hit my mark and say my line a certain way you know, I was the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that really worked uh, as, you know, I would sometimes I would do uh, my TV shows or do whatever. And I felt very constricted. And then I'll go on tour for six months, do what I wanted to do. Then I miss acting so much. It's, it was like having two lovers, you know. One, yeah. And then I miss the other. So then I would come back and then I would do my acting. Um, and then, you know, I felt constricted and then I'll go out on the road again. But I mean, now I've been doing more the parts that I want to do. You know, it's been, I've been fortunate to play, you know, like to me, that's a dream part. Anna is a dream part. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you've done such a wide variety, but I'm I always I'm always fascinated because uh, people who do the horror genre. What mm-hmm. is it that scares you? Some people are they don't like slasher movies, they don't like the supernatural movies. What it what uh, what what frightens you? I mean, I can't watch horror movies. Oh, I mean, really? I, start- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't. I mean, I've been thrown out of movie theaters. Really? Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's real. I mean, when I watched Cold Meat, I forgot it was me acting. And there's like a couple of places where like flew up. I screamed. I jumped out of my couch. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Like, I just have such a vivid imagination on what I'm one of those actors. I just I just have such a crazy imagination. I forget that I'm watching a movie. I just can't. I mean, I have to turn off the sound and. It's like a whole thing, and I can't sleep for a week after, and it's like, oh, wow, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, and I got to say this: this movie that you're in, Cold Meat. I had, I was as I was watching it, I'm, I'm, you know, completely by myself. I'm sitting there watching it, and the ending. I had a bit of a jump scare at the end. When people see it, they'll mm. know what I'm talking about. But that, uh, gosh, it, it looked like. Like I said, I was thinking to myself, the thoughts, the notes I've got down, very, very cold, uh, but a lot of mm-hmm. fun to film. I would think. Yeah, I mean, it really, it really was because it was like the, he, the director shot it mainly in chronological order. So it was like a play. We would learn the scene, mm. you know. And I, and I was so lucky to work with Alan, who was just, you know, we would do like full scenes instead of just stop and start, stop and start. So, so you know, especially with characters like that, it would help us to get into it more. And and Alan is scary in this movie jesus christ i mean i didn't even have to act he's eerie yeah he's creepy and then he's just the nicest guy in real life (laughs) and then he's such a creep in that one yeah and you know it's based after you know real characters there was two real characters the director he wrote it as well that he based it after alan's character and i sat and watched those characters in real life and it was freaky i mean they they do exist out there yeah, so I mean, that's it's the scary part. <laughs> like I said, it's one of those things you almost don't need the supernatural element just with the, you know, you, those are things you learn about in English class, man mm-hmm. versus man, man versus nature, man versus self. Mm-hmm. And as I said at the beginning of our interview, you basically got, got all those <laughs> in this one. It's absolutely bonkers. So I, I hope people mm-hmm. will definitely check out Cold Meat again streaming as of February 23rd. So make sure you put that on your list now. With the other projects you've done, obviously Doom Annihilation, uh, The Car, mm-hmm. The Road to Revenge, Assassin mm-hmm. X, and you mentioned uh, Hell Hath No Fury. What is it, what do you find helps you get into a character? No matter the genre, do you kind of base it off the script? Do you talk about it with the director first? Every actor has their own process. I'm curious as to what is yours. Um. I believe that, you know, I have everything that I play inside of me. You know, maybe I don't tap into it on a daily, you know, on a daily basis. But if if I don't have it inside of me, I can't play it. Mm. So I have some small version of it. And and so I, I, you know, search for that part like Anna. You know, she was a victim in the beginning. I used to be a victim too. very abusive relationships. I had all of that stuff. So I tap into all of that and then I do as much research as I possibly can. And then once I create my character and a vision for her and I do all of the work that I can, then I take it to the director and I present it. 
and then I add on whatever they have of their visions. And, you know, I think in, in this cold meet, I think the director had a very different vision because he had her for like 10 years. So mm. in the beginning he was like, oh, no, I don't know what she would do. You know, he had like a certain vision. So I think it took a second, you know, uh, to kind of let go of that and, and let Ellen and I do our thing. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I just try to do as much as preparation as I can. And then once I get there, I let it all go because ultimately it's the director's vision, right? Yeah. So I try to serve that, serve the story in whatever capacity. And, and I try know... to leave my ego at the door, right? Because right. I have all these ideas and visions and sometimes <laughs> they don't <laughs> make it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's always that fine line of the collaboration, what the actor wants mm-hmm. and what the director needs, I guess. Yeah. Well, you have to trust your director, right? Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess you don't, but uh, for, <laughs> for, for me, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's how I choose to do it. And I'm curious because I know in your bio, it mentions that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're the granddaughter of a great Russian actor. And I'm curious, was that something that it was ever like when you're going forward, you have like, you know what? I've got acting in my blood. This is something I want to do. Were you always drawn to performance? At what age did you realize this is my calling? Well, at four years old, I knew this is what I wanted to do. Um, I was with my grandmother, and she was performing. She was singing on stage, and I had to run out and give her a rose. And I gave her a rose. And, uh, you know, I was like, this is where I belong. And then right after, I saw her ballet, and there was like some really handsome men jumping around carrying the women around. I was like, this is so romantic. So I started at four years old. I was like, I want that. I want to perform on a stage and do romantic stuff like that and wear dresses. So (laughs) (laughs) that's where it started. And then I just always had an urge to perform. And if I didn't, I would create my own stuff. You know, my dad let me create my own little TV show at seven. You know, he worked in the, um, he was a professor at the Danish film school and he worked at a TV station. So I had my own little show when I was seven that How he cool. helped me with. Yeah. So I've just always been a creator, whether it was music, acting, just I have to create. Otherwise, I just explode. And going from the uh, the academy in London where you were, and then you've uh, the Bolshoi Theater in mm-hmm. Moscow, uh, moving to NYU Tisch School of Arts in New York City. Mm-hmm. So it's been a global journey for you too. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm curious when you're when you're performing. Obviously, different stories for different audiences. We, and we see this, to, not to bring it back to horror per se, but mm-hmm. there are Japanese horror, there's Italian horror, and we're mm. seeing more of these types of genre horror movies come forward, which I love. It, and I'm curious, is there a, a particular genre in which you personally find most rewarding to work? Uh, well, let me tell about character. It's character arc. And... Um... You know, sometimes, uh, you know, thrillers, especially I'm not because I don't know the horror world so well Mm. because I don't I can't watch. Right. (laughs) You know, I was supposed to do the music for the boy, you know, a while back. And I remember sitting there in the theater by myself and I couldn't watch it. Like I I couldn't watch the movie. It was I ran out of the movie theater like I can't watch it. (laughs) Oh, my God. But but those thrillers, it just feels like those characters are um, very well done developed and they have backstories and kind of like comic book characters a little bit yeah there is um a lot of them have a lot because it's i don't know it's because it gets into the geek genre or whatever but it feels like a lot of thought it's mm-hmm. put into their characters and their backstories which are the characters that i like to play 
and you're a very physical performer. I know uh, you did yeah. amateur boxing for a while and things like that. Do you find that that's, I, I would assume that can only serve you as an actor to have that physicality, especially for a role like you had in Cold Meat where you're out there, you're you're fighting against nature, you're fighting someone else, a physical opponent and everything like that. I assume that's helped you develop some of these characters like for Anna. Oh, yeah. I, I always work from a physical standpoint because I'm, you know, I started in ballet and then, you know, boxing. And so I've always, I always approach everything from, from a physical standpoint. Like the first thing is how would the character walk? What do they eat for breakfast? You know, everything is very physical before it gets into mental. So I, I, yeah, that's where I come from with everything and then getting those parts and being trained, you know, sometimes you have to learn choreography and you have to, hit marks and remember 12 things that you have to do. So that really helps because I have such a awareness of my body. And I think you have to, you know, I went to NYU in theater school and you learn, you know, you learn like Anna stands different. She walks different. She moves different. She, she's completely different from me. She, she, she does everything a little more. Um, I don't know what the word is. Uh, you know, she's a, her shoulders are a little slouched, you know, she's doesn't stand up straight. She's, you know, hesitates whenever she makes any moves. And so physically, once I find her, I can start finding her emotionally, too. That's how I work. And that's such a deep understanding. I Like I said, that's got, I guess that's just you kind of go over the character breakdown, you read the story, and then you start developing the physical aspects of how this character would behave and move on yes. from there. Is, am, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, from down to what she eats. I mean, if I have a green juice in the morning or if I have something super unhealthy, it's going to alter my mood and the way I feel. You know, so it's like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I get very specific. (laughs) It must work, because like I said, this was such an incredible performance. Um, I'm assuming it only helps to have a great co-star like Alan Leach as well. Yeah, he was, I mean, he's such a pro. Let me tell you, like, I have to stay in character the whole time. The guy is so good. He just cracks a joke, jumps in and out. I mean, he's like as pro as they come and fun and sweet and caring. And I mean, he's he's everything you want to work with. You know, he's uh, he's very there for his co-stars and for everyone. He's and, uh, you, you know, he's he's a great partner. That's what he is. He's a great partner. It was really uh, fun to do this and he wants to rehearse and I especially in a movie like this you really need to rehearse and choreograph you know even the end scene there's actually a lot of choreographer choreography to it even though it doesn't look like it but you know it all had to be choreographed yeah I'm you know, sure he's up yeah he's up for it and he's very like making sure I was okay and I was comfortable and and um, we rehearsed it I mean until like you know wee hours of the night I remember one night and no, he's really there. He's he's there 110 percent. So, I mean, he's a pro. <laughs> he's been doing it for a minute and a lot of episodes, you know, of TVs and the shows. And how long was the shoot? I'm always curious because some because some of you have a luxury of having a little more time on set to do all the characters to go through the rehearsal. Sometimes you're very pressed for time. Was this a longer shoot for uh, for you, or was it a short shoot? Well, I, I I talked to the director about this because I don't want to diminish what we did by saying that we shot in 12 days. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding me. Well, I know. I know. Because all the money went to, you know, everything else. So uh, the hard shooting days were 12 days, and then we did, you know, a little bit of pickups. But, yeah, it was a 12-day shoot. So it was insane. 
Wow. As you can imagine. Yeah. So there was not a lot of time. I mean, there was no chemistry test for Alan and I. You know, we just, they flew us out to Canada and we met, met in the lobby and it was like a, like a Western standoff. We're just standing there staring at each other for five <laughs> minutes <laughs> going, is this going to work? Can this work? Can he be my David? And he's staring, you know, we just stood there and stared at each other for five minutes. And then we're like, yeah, this is going to work. And yeah. again, it, it definitely did work. Uh, take it from someone who's seen the movie, folks. Cold Meat, again, on February 23rd. You can catch it streaming. I believe there's going to be, is it a light theatrical release as well as streaming, correct? Yes. And we have an international screening on the 17th. Yes. Yes, on the Kino. So on the 17th, you can lock in. Uh, I'm here in California. It's at noon. Uh, Pacific Standard Time at noon. You can buy tickets online, and then you can log in, and there's going to be a Q&A with me and Alan um, answering questions, and and you would actually be able to screen it there before it comes out. So you could be able to get it a week early, folks. Check out Uh K-I-N-O, Kino, on the 17th, and then everywhere else streaming on the 23rd of February. Uh, if people want to keep up with you, find out more about you, websites, social media handles, things like that. Nina Bergman at Instagram is where I'm most active. And then I have my website as well and Facebook, Twitter, but it's always Nina Bergman. But Instagram is where I tend to hang out. <laughs> Instagram most part. All right. And again, yeah, it, so it's, it's Nina Bergman. Yeah. It's uh, it's been a delight to talk to you. Thank you for your time on a Thank Sunday you. night to come on the show and talk about the movie. I uh, I think everyone is going to love it and continued success to you. Hopefully we can have you back on another time. I hope so for the next one. Yeah, Perfect. it was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your night. Mm-hmm. You too. There she goes, Nina Bergman. Be sure to check out Cold Meat again. Absolutely. I was I was on the edge of my seat the entire time fantastic movie so if you do have a chance to check that out again k-i-n-o kino you can see it in there's an international thing as she said her and alan will be doing a q a and things like that on the 17th and then worldwide release on the 23rd of february you can check it out streaming there and it's well worth your watch trust me um that is going to do it i want to make sure we talk about our official comic book sponsor bugs comics and games if you are wanting to get in, I'm sitting there right now. TBS is on because, of course, I don't have the game going in the studio right now. Uh, but Thor 3 is playing in the background. It's uh, If you're watching all these comic book movies, maybe you've seen The Flash that just came out this year. Maybe you saw Blue Beetle. Uh, maybe you're kind of wondering, you know, I need to get more into this. It seems to be uh, no stopping for these superhero movies. You want to find out more about it, go to Bugs Comics and Games. Let Larry help you out and show you what kind of things you might want to read if you want a good Thor story. If you're looking, you know, what what's this Deadpool character I keep hearing about this movie coming out this summer? He'll give you some Deadpool comics, a lot of back issues, a lot of new issues. And in this economy, save some money. Join the Avengers Club. That way you start saving money on your pull list. Tell him which one you want to hold. He'll hold them aside for you so you don't have to worry about missing an issue week by week. And then you can start saving money on your weekly pull by joining the Avengers Club. Uh, Larry will help you out in your comic book needs. You can check them out online. Go to Instagram and find Bugs Comics and Games. Obviously, their Facebook page as well, facebook.com, Bugs Comics and Games. And give their page a like there. Larry will appreciate that. The official comic book sponsor here on geek to me Radio. Thank you again to Nina Bergman for being on. Again, the movie is Cold Meat. 
Thank you to our official premier sponsor, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau. Thank you to all of you who listened tonight. We appreciate it. And if you're listening after the fact in the podcast form, hopefully you found us, left us a nice five-star review on whatever platform you're listening. That's going to do it. Until next week, my friends. It's not in the way you look when you make him and throw references. That's a show. Colorado, good night. Hey kids, are your parents about to buy you a shiny new toy from Amazon? Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Well, don't be selfish. Share some of that money with us. Before going on Amazon, make sure to type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser. It will look just like Amazon.com, except it'll say referral geek to me radio up top. And then when you check out, a tiny percentage will go to support the show without costing you one cent more. So before your parents get you that gizmo, gadget, or widget, make sure they type in bit.ly slash geek to me in the web browser bit.ly slash geek to me bit.ly slash geek to me